Yeah. So what do you like to do for fun? I actually hate having fun. <laughs> Thank you. I've actually never had fun in my life. Yeah. Yeah, salads. Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to the Insomnia Report, episode 33. Is it 33? Is it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening, welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for listening. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. We're the two friends and roommates that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. Hi. We have another paranormal spooky ooky tale for you. Ooh. Get your sage. Get your candles. Don't get your Ouija boards. We do not condone that. No, this is not an Ouija board friendly podcast. We are afraid of everything. No. We do not like them. We do not want to open doors. We have done we it cannot before. Close. And never again. Never. Uh, I think he was a dentist, right? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know, but we got an EVP. Yeah. Like a couple. I still got to find it. I don't know which phone it was on, so therefore I don't know like what phone to put an effort to try to recharge. I don't know. Next mm-hmm. time I'm home, I'll look for it, but I don't even know. We'll play it at some point on this podcast. It was very creepy. Extremely. And that's what made us never want to do it again. That's yes. all. <laughs> I still get chills. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, anywho. Um, what? I... Are we just, yeah, yeah, what has kept you up? This I feel like it's been so long. It has been so long I, yeah. since we've recorded. But, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what, what's kept you up, man? What's up? I haven't, I feel like I also haven't seen you in a very <laughs> know, long time. Hi. Hello, good day, good evening. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I had a friend in from out of town, Kirsten, yeah. our fan. Yes. Our, our supporter. She's a thank very you, Kirsten. Big supporter. It was great to see you. Yes, thank you. She left a cute little post-it yeah. note on my desk that said, "Thank you, Margo." Oh, like, that's cute. It was so cute. I, I felt bad because I was working when you guys left. When she left, so I was like, "Oh, oh. bye." <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I didn't say bye. So this is me saying bye. Bye. <laughs> we had fun. We got brunch. We got our nails done. Ooh. Hung out. Um, yeah. Also, I have a coffee date tomorrow, <laughs> and it's been a really long time since I've been on a first date. Ah, well, yeah. And I'm kind of yeah. nervous about it. It's okay to be nervous. What's What's the person like? What? what? Um, <laughs> he, he plays three instruments. Okay. <laughs> and how tall is he? <clears throat> Top, really tall. Elizabeth. He's really, he's really tall. <laughs> um, okay. And he likes bluegrass. Okay. And yeah, so that's that's pretty much all. Okay. I know. Well, I'm happy for he you. He went to an Ivy League. Ew. I mean, great. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, so we're getting coffee. Okay. But I don't know how to like be a person 
for like be social especially with randoms because it's like I, I haven't met very many in the past it's okay to you get blessed. back into it like you don't have to it's just you know you're having a combo over coffee <clears throat> but I always did I went on a lot of dates let me tell you but I always try to have like go-to questions mm. ready in case the comp like not short like one-worded answers like think of it kind of like a job interview you always want to have like questions prepared mm -hmm. what do you think is like the wildest question that i could get away with depends on what you mean by wild um like weird like bizarre uh i could go very <laughs> different directions with this i guess you could ask them let me think of this. Hold on. What would be a really... I'm trying to think of either what someone has asked me that I've just been... I'm sorry, what? Um, <laughs> I could... Like, the first question I ask him could be, like, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. I like that. Well, that's important. You're right. I, it is I important. think you can tell... I think it's one thing to just be like, oh, I don't really know. I don't know. It shows if they're open-minded. I would also say one question I like is if you could only eat one food... For the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. And I would say, I know this is lame, but I would say a salad because you can make a salad so many ways. Oh, yeah. Because you could literally just put anything in it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, if I don't want to eat that much lettuce, I'll just like put it in a bunch of like random stuff. Yeah. Pasta salad. Right. I could. That's genius. There's also like the, they have dessert salads, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then. I have also made like hamburger salads, you know, oh, yeah, where it's yeah. like a, mm -hmm. and it's basically, you could, there's taco salads. There's literally every salad. So just because it yeah. said like a salad, like a burrito bowl is essentially a salad. Right. You know, like you can make a breakfast bowl and that's like kind of a salad, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. Anything can be a salad if you just believe. If you just put stuff in a bowl. It's a salad. It's a salad. Kind of. What is the definition of a salad? <laughs> you can edit this out no. <laughs> this is vital <laughs> i feel like i would say pasta because like you can put anything in pasta i just i don't know i just really love pasta is kind of a salad i feel like if you have a base and then you can just add things to it yeah. it's kind of like a salad okay yeah no you're a genius it, <laughs> according to wikipedia a salad is a dish consisting of mixed pieces of food with some definitions requiring at least one raw ingredient. Ha! It is often dressed and is typically served at room temperature or chilled, though some can be served warm. So, like, literally anything can be anything a salad. Anything can be a salad. If you just mix it together. Right. If you have more than one things, and I've never had food that's it's just... bound salad. I feel like it's when it's, like, wrapped. Bound salads are assembled with thick sauces such as mayonnaise. Ooh! It will hold its shape when placed on a plate with a scoop. <laughs> like a potato salad. Oh, tuna salad, chicken salad, egg salad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Potato salad. Of course. I, Some I know my potatoes. Some fillings. So then you could have sandwiches with salad. Exactly. See? Oh, gosh. This is... I know. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself, you know? <laughs> oh, this is so good. But okay. then it's like, okay, could you go around it and say, okay, like, let's say I'm making an egg salad. And I have the ingredients for it, but then it's like, who's to say I'm not just going to make the egg, you know, mm. if I wanted to go around. I don't know. You could put all, like, the ingredients on a plate and separately. And then it's an omelet. And then, but it's 
you're mixing it together in your mouth. <laughs> so it's a salad. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch. I don't know. That might be a stretch. But anyway, that's what I would say. <laughs> I love that. Because at love first, it. people are like, ew, you're so basic or like one of those health nuts. I'm like, no, yeah. no. I am actually a, a, an evil genius. So. Yes. Actually, <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. So I would ask him that and see how he reacts. You could yeah. also... Another question I like to ask is, what is your mantra? Oh. Because that tells you a lot. And then the other one I like to ask is, if they were to make an alcoholic beverage after you, what would be in the ingredients and what would you call it? Oh, wow. I also like the question, if you were to make a memoir about your life, what would it be called? Mm. And if you were to have a TV show, what would be your theme song? Those are great. I... Seriously, I have a list of 50 icebreaker questions I came up with for, like, <laughs> our weekly meetings just to wow. have in my back pocket. That's awesome. I mean, that is my superpower. I come up with icebreaker questions. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I don't like small talk and I, like, build into deep conversations or mm-hmm. if it's just because I've been on so many dates that I'm like, I need to just not laugh about, haha, oh my god, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Someone <laughs> once asked me, I thought it was a great question, like, tell me about your best friends in high school. Oh, I was like, oh. I love that. Anyway. I'm looking at her. Oh, Another one is, how would your mother describe you? Okay. Um, What's kept you up this week? <laughs> <laughs> so I finally did my very big report. So that's done and i've just been used to going to bed at absurd hours that my body clock is just used to it so last night i didn't have to do anything because i didn't have to prepare for this presentation Mm. and that was a great feeling and i still went to bed at three in the morning because i was looking at stupid it was fine because i'm like well it's friday before a holiday weekend you know so i don't know man i i just watched a bunch of I went down a lot of weird rabbit holes again, but what mm. else is new? I'm going to order a new Ikea dresser for my room. Ooh la la. Do you know what it's called? Like the Ikea name of it? Uh, it's. I'll show you what it looks like. Did I send you a picture? No. Oh, I didn't. I don't know. That's right. Oh my God. How can I know it? <gasps> it's called the hardware. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's called the hardware. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, it's well, it's technically like a sideboard, but I like it because it has like cabinets on the side. Yeah, that's so then it's really like nice. I can stack things because sometimes the drawers are limited. Yeah. So, where so where are you gonna put it in your room? Where my bins are, like uh, along my wall. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh then yeah. I'll get rid of nice. those rolling racks. Oh, very um, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Limited. You're gonna be on a date with a banjo player. <laughs> <laughs> And fiddle and guitar. Oh, my gosh. He just likes his little strings, doesn't he? <laughs> Apparently. Let's just, let's just hope he doesn't pull yours. That's all I'm asking. I okay. just hope he's a good boy. Well, you know what to do. If it coffee. gets weird, I will call you and just pretend that someone was in an accident and you need to hurry. Mm. Or I don't know. Well, we're just going to blah, 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 so you can like. Don't tell me that. I'll just come and stop. Oh my god, I'm gonna get one of those like glasses with the mustache. Just like walk by and be like, (laughs) I'm just gonna walk by and like not break eye contact several times. 
and then every time I pass the window, I'm going to be wearing a different outfit that's, like, obscurely different, like a trench coat. He'll be like, did you see that? And then a ball gown. (laughs) And then a wedding dress, but I'm going to be wearing, like, black mascara down my (laughs) face. My head's been <laughs> and you then I'll walk up to you if it gets bad. I'll just be like, "You bitch! You told me you were visiting your parents." <laughs> oh, oh my god. god! Okay, <laughs> you can edit out the part where I said blah, blah, blah. people don't know where we live. I don't want people to know. Okay, can, wait. Can we make a sound that is like our little blah, 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 like oh, blurry? Yeah. Um, what will it be? Or it'll be Randy hissing, like, whenever we need to edit things out. I, let's do that. You can, I'm like, amplify it. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I love that. <laughs> oh, by the way, we finally got a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah, we got a fire extinguisher. Uh, long overdue, I will yes. say. Okay. Oh. The oh. fuck? <laughs> oh. I've never, I've never seen that. It's a dud. Okay. It's a dud. All right. Dated a lot of those. Let's, uh... <laughs> In, my... <laughs> In my book club the other week, I made a stupid joke, and then I felt very awkward, and, like, especially awkward because there were a lot of, like, ex- high up people in the meeting Mm -hmm. and I have like a friend that's in the book club but she wasn't there so I didn't whatever Uh so I was just like going on a tangent and then I made a stupid joke and then I was like and then I was like (laughs) I'll be here all week try the veal and like (laughs) everyone was on mute because it's like a zoom meeting so I couldn't tell if they were laughing or not so I was just like I'm gonna mute myself for the rest of the meeting but (laughs) I said that audibly and I was like, I just want the oh. internet to die so I don't have to be here anymore. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh god, okay. Tell me. Okay. If you want, if not, you. it's okay. We can talk about other things. Well, this is what we're here for, <laughs> I guess. That's not what this meeting's about, Margo. <laughs> very late at night on a Friday. Well, at least yeah. it's the weekend. It's After the weekend. a very long I'm not week. complaining. I'm actually not that tired. I don't know why. I'm not either. Hmm. I think I'm just at peace because I don't have the guilt of like at peace for now until Tuesday when I yeah anyway okay yeah. okay we're going south okay to Texas <gasps> yeehaw Texas I don't know okay I don't know anything about Texas like literally like very few things about Texas I know Chip and Joanna are there and we love them yeah we love them like the Alamo. I don't know much about the Alamo. I'm not going to lie. I don't either, but I know it's in Texas. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Sorry. Remember the Alamo? I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> they tell me this and I don't. I'm sorry. I know Texas is gigantic. I know Sandy Cheeks is from there. I know there's Austin and Dallas and Houston. Houston. And a lot of people have that name, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, Tex. Okay. So Texas. Okay. How to Tex. Howdy. In 1824, this guy named Jesse Lincoln Driscoll was born, actually not in Texas, but in Tennessee. <laughs> okay. So. It also started with a T, so it's, it's close. It's almost the same state, obviously. <laughs> um, no, it's not. No, it's not? 
Don't want to offend anyone. They're not the same. Right. Okay. Of course. And then he moved to Texas in 1849, um, but he lived in Missouri. So he's kind of like state hopping. He's hopping in the, in the southern United he's playing, States. He's playing hopscotch with the states. Yeah, he's uh he's a southerner and he's ex- exploring his his I don't know his home home turf. How did he travel back then? Did he take Probably a train on a tra- horse? Okay, I don't know. I have I my timeline with technology is atrocious. Oh, mine too. Okay. Maybe he walked. <laughs> oh, God forbid. Ooh. I can barely walk like down the street. I'm like, no. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, but he, he did he this. He did it. He, he got did there. It. Um, and then in 1857, he gets into the cattle business. Moo. Right. So he's raising cattle. He's, I guess, what you would call a cowboy. Actually, I don't know if he did that. He was like the manager of... I manage all these cows. I'd like to speak to your own manager. (laughs) I don't know if he would call himself a cowboy or what, but anyway. I feel like that is what a cowboy is, though, right? I feel like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, what is a cowboy? Like, we know Sheriff Woody. Do you think he was from Texas? I don't know. That's irrelevant. Well, we'll find out He's a cowboy. Okay. That's what I think when I think of Texas. I just... Yeah. Yeah. Woody. 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 Okay. And then so, yeah, so it's 1857 and he enters the cattle business. Three years later, do you know what happened? He dies. No. Oh. He marries someone. 1860. President. United States. Lincoln. The Civil War. Right. I, that's okay. I was leading up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I know. Um, Leave me alone. And so Jesse Lincoln Driscoll, right, being a Southern man, decided to sell his cattle to the confederacy to support the rebel cause so that's what he did he like fed the army with his cows you know not not the side i would be on but he that's what he did so he did and he made a lot of money but also then after the war he was like so throughout this whole time he was being paid th- in confederate dollars which by the end of the war were worthless <gasps> sad so he had no cattle and no money because he gave all his cattle to the confederacy i have no cattle i have no money i am very small <laughs> you can only imagine the day that i'm having <laughs> like essentially yeah but this did not deter him he was like I'm gonna. I'm bring, Texas. I'm, gonna, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm Texas strong. I am in Texas. I'm gonna. I can do anything. Do more cattle stuff. <laughs> like I'm gonna rebuild. Move my over. Yes. I'm not coming to town. During the war, he got the nickname Colonel Sanders. No. Oh. <laughs> Colonel Jesse Lincoln Driscoll. Even though I don't think he was in the army, he was just the the, they just the beef guy. <laughs> the beef guy. Yeah, but you know the soldiers liked. Like his cattle. So then in 1869, he moved with his family to Austin, which then became the capital of Texas in 1872. So it became a very important city. And throughout this time, he's continuing to do his cattle thing and he becomes very rich again, but in money that's not worthless. <laughs> the good kind. Yeah. 
the non-confederate dollars and so he's this like wealthy cattle baron and he's like i need to diversify my assets and so (laughs) just like our AP Econ teacher advised us students the best way to spread to, Christmas cheer. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> the best way to grow your investments is through investing in real estate. Yes. Yes. And so that's what Driscoll did. He decided to build a very fancy hotel in Austin, Texas, and he called it the Driscoll Hotel hey. after his last name. Okay. Driscoll. Yes. Nice. Throughout this time, he continued in cattle, and he had these, like, big ranches in South Texas, Kansas, and the Dakotas. And, yeah, he kept growing his wealth. All right. Okay. So, in 1884, he bought a lot in Austin at the intersection of Drazos and Pecan. I, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Probably because Sandy says that in the song. Pecan oh, yeah. pie. I think, it, I think in many southern states they say pecan. I want some pecan pie. I say pe- pecan. Pecan. I'm sorry, did you mean pecan? It's like apricot and apricot. Apricot. You know, tomato, tomato. Potato, potato. Um, Water. 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 Uh, American English is so interesting. English is just a really... F- language i don't know i know okay so he buys this lot for seventy five hundred dollars at the intersection of drazos and pecan which is now called sixth street in austin so if you're familiar with the layout of austin that's where it is and then they built this hotel so in it took four hundred thousand dollars back then to build which in today's money is 92 million Wow. Which I, I'm like, I'm a little skeptical because that seems like a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm very skeptical. Texas. I could have written that down wrong. So okay. take that with a grain of salt. It's a Romanesque revival style architecture building and um, it's made of six million bricks and it includes limestone accents, which also include limestone busts of driscoll and his sons like on the sides of the building haunted (laughs) well i mean yes (laughs) we all know but i yeah isn't limestone yeah 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 yeah. it's said to conduct spiritual energy so especially with like them having statues of themselves in limestone i feel like that i don't know i don't know brings in some extra vibes maybe right right the hotel opened in 1886, December 20th, and um, it had 60 rooms. 12 of those had attached bathrooms, which was unusual for the time. Yeah. And it also had separate entrances for men and women. Okay. Men, there were two entrances they could go in, and they had on the bottom floor a saloon, a billiard room, a cigar shop, a newsstand, and a barber shop, which also had baths for the that men. That is swanky. Yeah, and then the women's entrance was so that they could like go up to their rooms right away and avoid all these like men. That's really and nice. And their rough talk. Okay. 
So I, you know I what? would like that. I'm like, no, no, no. I would today. too. Like normally I would be like, what separate entrances? But like, I would the like men... the option, but I would also yeah. like to know that I could, if I wasn't feeling that, I'd just be like, yeah. no, nah, no cat calls today. Right. Right. I think that's smart. It's safe. I'd like to think. I don't know. Yes. They had an electric bell system, steam heating, gas lighting. There was a ballroom. It was very fancy and modern at the time. In 1930, they added an annex. So nowadays, it's actually two buildings that are connected. Okay. In 1887, the hotel held its first inaugural ball for Governor Saul Ross. Mm -hmm. So after he was elected, they had their ball there. And then this became a tradition so that every other... Texas governor has their inaugural ball there in the ballroom. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But in 1887, like right after it opened, it closed. Oh. Because Driscoll ran out of money. Oh. Um, Sell the bus. <laughs> yeah. A few articles say that it was because a drought slash a harsh winter killed all of his cattle. Oh, no, sad. Which is sad. Others say he gambled away all of his money, mm. but I think that's kind of the like sensationalized that's like a version. Stretch, yeah, yeah. So it's unfortunate, but he kept going. Good for him. Um, yeah, like three thousand cattle were killed. Oh, sad. And so then he sold it, and then he died, and he was broke. Oh, in wait, in that order. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Okay. He had a stroke though in oh. 1890. He had a stroke. He got broke, and he then he broke, croaked. and then oh yeah, ooh, ooh. bad poetry. Some some good rhymes. <laughs> Slinging those rhymes. Then after that, the hotel kept opening and closing like all the time because people would like sell it and then like renovate it and then you know, but. It was almost knocked down in the 60s, but it was saved by people in the community. And it's open now. And I'm pretty sure it's owned by the Hyatt. Okay. So, yeah, you can stay there. Cool. But the reason why I'm talking about it is because it's one of the most haunted hotels in the U.S. (gasps) Ooh. And... Yeah, people have reported, like, a lot of different experiences there. Well, yeah, so it's really old, obviously. Right. And it has a very extensive history. So a lot of the hauntings that have happened there are, like, feelings or smells or objects get moved. Um, But the one ghost who might be kind of obvious is Colonel... Jesse Lincoln Driscoll. Hmm. His signature appearance is when people smell cigar smoke because he liked to smoke. And so that happens very often. They'll smell cigar smoke around the hotel. He liked to stand in the lobby and smoke while talking to guests. And one time a security guard was there at night and he smelled the smoke and he leaned over the balcony to see if he could see where it was coming from. And a voice right behind him said, got a match? Ew. But no one was there. And allegedly. Well, we have a lot, actually. We have so many matches. Please so don't many. come here, though. Don't. You're not um, welcome. But I'm just letting you know. We have them. Yes. And the guard was so freaked out by that that he quit. I would, too. 
Probably. Yeah, me too. However, the hotel also used to have a tobacco shop in the lobby. So some believe that the smell could be like an echo of that. Got it. Okay. Or maybe it's a combination. I don't Who's know. to say? He also apparently plays with the lights sometimes. Like they go on and off or they, they go on the fritz um, in unnatural ways. He likes to appear to women, Ugh. apparently. Okay. Hey, baby. <laughs> you come here often. <laughs> and, um, well, but this this story is not a woman. But apparently this guy who was a consultant was staying in town in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And he woke up in the middle of the night at like 3 in the morning. Uh-oh. And he saw a, a guy eh. standing in his room looking at the window and smoking a cigar. And he sat up in bed and was like, what are you doing in my room? And then the guy looked at him with this look that was like, your room? Excuse me? Um, but then he didn't say anything. Ew, that's and ominous. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy, or the the consultant, the guy who was staying there, went and turned on the light. And then when he did so, there was no one there. That gave me... A lot of goosebumps on my body. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, that, ooh, ooh. But he could still smell the cigar smoke. That really got me, and I don't know why. It's creepy. It's, it's creepy. It's a, a, mm. Also, there's a band called Concrete Blonde. And oh, they, they okay. wrote a song called Ghost of a Texas Ladies Man about, I guess, the lead singer, like, encountered the ghost of the colonel interesting and wrote about it so now that we've established that the colonel is still hanging around his hotel here's another one in 1887 the texas senate held a legislative session at the driscoll hotel because the state capitol was under construction senator temple lee houston's four-year-old daughter was playing with a bouncy ball when she fell down the stairs <gasps> no. and broke her neck. Oh, no. Yeah, so sad. People see her ghost in the hotel. That's sad. Especially near a fifth floor portrait of a young girl holding flowers. Is it her? No. Like, oh. this painting is not connected to her. But she just likes it. Maybe it's her friend. Yeah. It's her only friend. It's uh, So, it's on the fifth floor. Apparently, there are lots of creepy paintings of people. Like, staring at you all around the hotel. No. And the painting's untitled. It's by the artist Richard King, and it's based on a painting called Love Letter by Charles Garland, um, where a little girl holds a bouquet of flowers in one hand and a letter in the other. Do you want to see it? Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) It keeps getting worse. Okay, go on. So the painting, people say it's haunted because they walk by it and they feel like a weird something like a presence um and it feels like kind of sinister like evil yeah i don't like it and then it kind of like follows them around until they leave the building so they people don't like that painting like is it an actual haunted painting or is it just like a creepy painting i don't know like people say it's haunted okay but i mean i would not hang it in my house no just so we're clear Mm-mm. okay so this ghost um, of the little girl goes by Samantha, and which is, I think, the name of the daughter of the senator who died there. And she likes to play with the children of guests. When the parents ask who they're playing with, 
you'll say, Samantha. Yeah. And people often hear giggling and the sound of, like, a ball bouncing down the stairs. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's a no for me. Then there's room 525. It's always... Okay. There's always a room. But it's on the fifth floor, too, with yeah. all the creepy paintings. Yeah. So in room 525, legend says that there was a bride on her honeymoon. I know. Who committed suicide in the bathtub. And then exactly 20 years later to the day, another bride did the <gasps> same thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. So, yeah. As a result, because it's, like, so haunted... They blocked off the bathroom area and, like, blocked the room and then reopened the room when they renovated the hotel in the 90s. Okay. Um, Is it still haunted? Yeah. People report, like, really weird things in there, like, leaks and, like, weird Mm. visions Mm -mm. and, like, apparitions and stuff. However, there's no evidence that this actually occurred in the room. Okay. So, it's kind of like a legend. Okay. Yeah. And it honestly, it kind of sounds like one, you know. It that sounds it's like just something such a big coincidence. Up. Yeah. If it is true, that's tragic. I know. Mm. Well, there's another story about a bride. Of course. Okay. In the early 1990s, um. apparently, a a bride checked into room 329 because her wedding had just been called off by her fiance, Sad. and she was just like distraught. Yeah, totally distraught. And she went on a shopping spree. I would <laughs> And blew like. Oh, okay. And, like, got all this food and whatever. But then, on the third day she was there, she also committed suicide in the room. And people say that they see her, like, walking up and down the hallway with all her shopping bags. Mm. So, there's a lot of tragedy involving weddings. There's also a story that a woman committed suicide on the fourth floor somewhere so three four and five are just no ghosts yeah people will say that they can see someone like in the corner of their eye but there's no one actually there Ew. or they'll hear whispers Ew, no and crying ah it's well. me it's me i'm i'm the one crying no <laughs> okay and and then the fifth floor again Apparently, a guy named Peter Lawless lived on the fifth floor after his wife passed away. So, he'd been a ticketing agent for the Great Northern Railway, which used to run from St. Paul, Minnesota to Seattle. And after his wife died, he moved into the Driscoll and stayed for 31 years. And he may still be there. He never left. He never left. People have seen him get off the elevator while looking at his watch. And then he nods to the front desk staff and disappears. Good evening. Yeah, that's like his little routine. Yeah. Oh. And housekeeping has also seen him. He likes to watch them while they work. I don't like that. He'll feel his eyes on them Mm. and then look up and see a man with black hair, dark pants, a white shirt, and a pocket watch. Mm. And then he vanishes. And, like, this is also really weird. Some people have claimed to see him walk out of the front door of the hotel right in front of a bus. <gasps> Ooh. But, like, there's no, like, reason that people can think of why he would do that. Because I'm pretty sure that's not how he died. So It's probably just, like, a residual, like, going about his day. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Is the, is the bus a ghost bus? 
Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. That would be weird. Yeah. So, okay, the next thing is, is like, I feel like Zach Bacon's right now, where the hotel <laughs> stands today used to be a spring for okay. local yeah. indigenous American tribes, including the Apache, Tonkawas, and Comanche tribes. Mm. It was a sacred spot and believed that the water contained both willing and unwilling spirits. I'm not sure what that means, mm. but it sounds pretty ominous. Yeah. So, I'd say. you know, it doesn't help, I guess. Right. Sure. And last but not least, Lyndon B. Johnson, the president. Mm. Him and his wife had their first date at the Driscoll dining room in 1934. Cute. On which Lyndon proposed. Oh, cute. <laughs> so, kind of intense. For <laughs> on first their date. first date. Oh, oh, they pulled up, like, Buddy yeah. Holly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She didn't say yes right away, but. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> eventually, he ground her down. What? Well, no. no oh. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I Okay. He eventually, she said yes. Yes. Okay. I hope he didn't pressure her. Good Lord. They went back a lot, and uh, it was one of LBJ's favorite places. He watched the results of the 1964 presidential election there, which he won um, from the presidential suite, and then he gave his speech in the ballroom. Aw. And some people say that when they enter the ballroom, they'll catch a glimpse of LBJ and Lady Bird, his wife, mm-hmm. in mirrors or out of the corner of their eyes. Wow. So what's also interesting, random fact, is like everyone in that family has the initials LBJ. Lyndon B. Johnson, Lady Bird Johnson, and all their kids' names, like I'll give them the initials LBJ. So fun that's, fact. That's um. What, do you think that was intentional? Yeah. You're like, you're LBJ. <laughs> I'm LBJ. Let's keep this going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lady Bird was her, like, not her real name. Right. But, but that was, like, her. It was what they called her. Yeah. Also, one last little factoid. Okay. Is that, um, okay, so there was a, a smoking room, and it contained... Eight antique Austrian gold leaf framed mirrors that were previously owned by Maximilian and Carlotta of Mexico. Okay. And so just like a little like a little fact is that Maximilian was the younger brother, I think younger, of um Franz Josef of Austria, who was like the emperor mm-hmm. of the Austro Hungarian Empire. And so Franz Josef was in Vienna, like, being the emperor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Maximilian, <laughs> go to Mexico and be the emperor of Mexico. Okay. I, like, I don't have time to get into the politics behind that. But. I, wait, I just, I, I'm not to interrupt, but, like, I just <laughs> imagine when you said that it to be, like, a Chad SNL skit. Like, go be the emperor of Mexico. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, congrats. <laughs> like, pretty much. So he went and, um, yeah, I got to visit his castle in Italy, which was cool. That is cool. It's very nice. (laughs) And anyway, um, so Maximilian and his wife, Charlotte or Carlotta, they, they were the emperor and empress of Mexico for a while, but then 
Maximilian was executed. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, on his Wikipedia page, there's like a picture of his corpse, which is really weird. Um, so anyway, that didn't end well for him. <laughs> no, it did not. And um, so I, I don't know. I think that adds an interesting twist to these mirrors that were owned by them because one they're mirrors like right i don't i don't like mirrors. and two like both of them are dead at this point and maximilian met a violent end so i wonder are just, the mirrors haunted i just wonder uh, i don't know I don't, I don't even know if they're still there but i just i don't like mirrors me neither okay okay and i'll just end with this quote from a paranormal investigator named sam yertsa okay that says if you're staying in the driscoll with your lover then you just know you're having a threesome that night. There's what? always a rascally revenant in the room doing its voyeur bit. I do not consent to that. <laughs> um. Is it is it Colonel Driscoll? Is it the other guy? It, I don't know who it is. Probably um, Driscoll, but yeah. Oh so God. it's very haunted. Very spooky. Thank you. Yeah. That was good. That gave you're me welcome. chills. I just, ugh. Hotels, like, every hotel has got to be haunted. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way. There's just so much that happens. At oh, any, yeah. Oh, Definitely. God. Definitely. Oh, that's a Oh, that was good. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell me a ghost story. Alrighty. So, this is a very, very, very old home. One of the oldest homes that we know. Ooh. And something about this home is no one has stayed there for more than a few years at a time. I watched a very interesting TED Talk from a man named Jeff Billinger. I think I'm saying that right. He's a paranormal researcher. And something interesting he said in his TED Talk that stood up to me is, I don't have it verbatim because I watched the TED Talk and I didn't remember when he said the thing I liked and I didn't have time to go back and listen to it. Anyway, essentially he said, some ghosts are important elements that appear because they are a part of history and they are important so they need to be retold Mm. or that's why some ghosts are there or why some people see ghosts because they are important part of history so essentially ghosts are history and histories are essentially ghosts in a way when you think about it and it's really weird because your story and my story kind of has some overlap in in some ways I'm talking about the ghosts of the White House. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Which is why I made it sound so scary because I'm like, no one has stayed here for more than a few years. But it's like, they can't. <laughs> Not because it's haunted. Not because it's, it's haunted. Uh... I lied. <laughs> I was trying to make it sound. Because they have to leave. Because they have it. to leave because it's the law. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> okay. Um, George Washington did not want to be a king because he's like, we just fought for that and I'm not for that. So, uh. Yeah. I want to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Back to Mount Vernon. So, okay. A little backstory, a little crash course before I get into the ghosts. Um, I'm not going to obviously talk about the U.S. history. We don't have time for that today. <laughs> first um, it was. <laughs> first they went and they were like, no. Okay. So, you know the musical Hamilton, right? Yes. You know the song, The Room Where It Happened? The Room Where It Happened. Yeah, that one. All right. We're setting the scene there. So, essentially in 1790... There was a dinner party negotiation between Jefferson, Madison, and Hamilton because they couldn't agree on some things. And the reason the room where it happened was is because if they needed to talk things out, they would 
have these dinner parties to where they could like hash it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where the compromise of 1790 happened. And what was established was Hamilton could essentially structure the finances because he was the secretary of treasury or whatever his title was. Um, Madison and Jefferson could decide where to locate like the main setting for the capital or, you know what I mean? I don't Mm -hmm. know, like where they would put this pin on it and be like there. Yeah. Um, So Congress agreed to the compromise, which basically passed the Residence Act and like just narrowly, like some people were kind of eh about it, but Jefferson was able to get the Virginia delegates to support the bill with like the debt suggestions that Hamilton created. And then Hamilton was able to convince the people in New York, those delegates to agree to where the capital would be located. So that's what happened at mm. at the room where it happened. Allegedly, we don't know because we don't know what happened in the room where it happened, but something came from it. So yeah. the process of establishing the federal district, however, um, faced other challenges because a lot of the people that owned the land of where they decided they wanted to make the capital were not, like, so sure about selling their land. So one of them was David Burns, and he owned about, like, almost 700 acres of land uh, in the heart of the district. And they're like, hey, this is really nice land you got there. (laughs) And he's like, hey, now. (laughs) Um, But in March of 1791, uh, Burns and a bunch of other landovers basically signed the agreement and Washington said that any land taken for public use, he, he link, uh, Washington essentially said that, okay, with land that were taken from other people that will be used for public use and the remaining would be distributed for like public use and the other half would be to the public. So it's not just all going to go to. Anyway, essentially what happened is is they were thinking about what to do, but there's this guy named David Burns who wasn't, like, super happy about it. It's a long-winded story of saying, like, they couldn't agree where to have it, and mm-hmm. when they decided to have it, the Residence Act was that, you know, they would build a one central place where the president would live and whoever was there. Like, they were basically setting the foundation for Washington, D.C. Okay. Um. Anyway, that is... <laughs> The land was decided and sought out by George Washington, and in 1791, the Residency Act was established from that. The White House was designed by an Irish architect named James Hoban, and he con- the construction started in 1792. So the first cornerstone was set on October 13th, on 1792 and after that (laughs) it either went missing or it was never seen again they like they don't know what happened to the cornerstone um that's kind of like a conspiracy some people think that the mason took it um other Mm. people think it was damaged but that's a story for another day but anyway just kind of setting the scene i guess that it was a long there was really no point but i just kind of wanted to start with some kind of history because Mm -hmm. there's obviously a lot there like i don't okay yeah. Anyway, some people think there was a conspiracy with 
the cornerstone because they don't know where it was. During the War of 1812, in the year of 1814, the British actually burned down the White House and a lot of the interior was destroyed and so was part of the exterior. And then President James Monroe moved in in 1817 when it was partially restored. Um, the White House was called the President's Palace, the Presidential Mansion, or the President's House. And it wasn't actually called the White House officially until 1901 when Teddy Roosevelt deemed it to be the mm. White House. But the first record of it being called the White House goes all the way back to 1811, but it it wasn't officially deemed the White House until Roosevelt. Mm. Over the years, that has expanded and been modified and things have been added, but there are six floors, which include two different basements. Um, there are two public floors and then the two top floors, which are the residence areas. Uh, there's the east and the west wing. There's the east room, the blue, green, red, and yellow rooms. There's the state dining room. The west wing is where the president's oval office is. There's the situation room, the briefing room. And then in total, there are 132 rooms. Oh my gosh. 35 bathrooms. <sighs> and it sits on 18 acres of land. Wow. So just that was a very, very, very simple and like questionably accurate lesson of the White House. But I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of, of context there. But given all the history and everything that's happened there, you know, it's got to be haunted. Like, oh, of course. For sure. So the first president to die there was William Henry Harrison. And he died just 31 days after he caught pneumonia from his inauguration. Oh, gosh. He gave one of the longest, I think the longest inaugural addresses in history. And it there was really bad weather. And he was a little teenage brat. And he's like, I'm not going to wear a hat or a coat. Oh I want to wear my nice outfit that I picked out <sighs> for my address. And Typical. Then, and then he died of pneumonia four weeks later. Oh, my God. Um, it said that he still haunts the attic. Um, I don't know how they know it's him Creepy. specifically, but apparently people claim to hear noises and he rummages around looking for something. Probably his hat. He's like, <laughs> I, I want to wear it. <laughs> Sorry. Too late, sir. It's too late, it's too Mr. late Mr. President. President. Aside from that, there are a ton of other sightings and accounts. Obviously, what what a stupid story. <laughs> that was the only one I talked about. That's it. <laughs> that was it. The one ghost of the White House. <laughs> I'm going to try to go in order. That makes a lot of sense because because there are a lot of different presidents or mm -hmm. people that came and, and gone. I, I try to make it make sense, but there's no like good timeline because it's like, well, do I talk about the presidents first and then the people that saw those presidents? I don't know. So just bear with me. Okay. You're going to hear about ghosts in history, okay? Like, Okay. Good. I love it. All right. So... Washington, of course, was the first president. I, I hope we all know that. But yes. John and Abigail Adams were actually the first to live there in 1800 after the completion. In one article I read, when they completed the White House, like everything was good to go, but they didn't have enough money to fill the rooms with any like furniture or whatever. So they were just like... Hey. <laughs> to sleep on a mattress, <laughs> like a blow-up yeah. mattress in the corner. And they had like a little apple crate for their <laughs> nightstand. <laughs> Well, here we go, Mr. President. 
The East Room was apparently the warmest and the driest at the time, and Abigail liked to hang her laundry in there. And to this day, you can see her apparition walking around the room with her arms outstretched as if she's carrying laundry. Wow. And you can get the scent of lavender or hear water being splashed around in the room. And how sad would it be if, like, your residual ghost is doing laundry for the... Oh, like, my God. That's I hell. hate doing laundry, so I can't... No. That would be me as a ghost, though, if I was just like... Like, <laughs> like our basement is definitely haunted. Oh, yeah. Um, people have said to see a British redcoat uh, carrying a torch around outside, which can be linked to when the British torched mm. the White House in 1814. So that's kind of wow. creepy. Another account is in the Oval Office. You can hear the apparition of, I'm David Burns. And he's the guy that... (laughs) Really? Yeah. He's the guy that uh, didn't want to sell his land. Oh, my God. So that was why... In the Oval Office. Yeah. He's like, I'm David Burns. Like, that's all he said. (laughs) Can you imagine, like, being the president and being on, like, an important phone call with, like, the leader of like japan or something and then in the background you're like oh wait hold on a second can, can you shut Dana, up <laughs> i know who you are i'm on the phone <laughs> i'm sorry prime minister what was that i'm david burke can you st- <laughs> look that was 300 years ago i can't help you there's nothing i can do <laughs> i'm david burns <laughs> <laughs> oh poor guy that's all he can do <laughs> David that's all he can do <sighs> oh <laughs> and this is the oval i'm david <laughs> david we talked about this <laughs> david you're scaring the guests <laughs> it's like could you imagine if we could just see him in every part of the room <laughs> Like you close the cabinet in the bathroom, I'm David Burns. <laughs> you fold up the shower curtain, I'm David Burns. <laughs> he needs to tell. He needs people to know that he's David Burns. I don't know why this is getting. He so can't hard. let his name be forgotten. It was his land. God damn this it! This is my land. I'm David Burns. God damn it! <laughs> oh God. Mm. You open the dresser drawer on David Burns. <laughs> His face just falls out of it. <laughs> oh. oh it's so funny. It's so stupid. And I'm just... Anyway. It, it like, it's a good, like... I, I picture it as, like, a comic or something. Right. It's like... I'm David Burns. so funny. Oh, my God. Uh. I cracked myself up. That's the whole reason I did that whole tidbit. Because I'm, like... It was a single bullet, but I'm like, well, who's David Burns? So that's why I went down a rabbit hole to tell you that history, because it was like, who's David Burns? And it was this whole thing about how he didn't want to sell his land. It must be like he's trying to get the attention of the top dog, because the Oval Office is... I'm David Burns. What do you want? (laughs) Do you know any other... (laughs) You're dead. Okay. So the first reported ghost sighting was not until... The Lincoln administration, when Mary Todd wrote to her sister, reported something that happened. So, the Lincolns had four sons, mm-hmm. and only one of them lived to adulthood. So sad. So sad. Like, I cannot imagine. Mm-mm. But um, 
Their son, Willie, had died at a young age from an illness. Poor Willie. Willie. And Mary Todd said that she saw him standing at the foot of her bed one night. Oh, my gosh. And she wrote to him, or she wrote to her sister, saying, he's still here, like, I feel him around me, or I still see him, and... Mary Todd Lincoln was very into the supernatural, and she was mm. very superstitious, and this was back at the time when spiritualism was on the rise, so she had a lot of seances, and wow. Lincoln was kind of like, all right, Mary, but <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, I swear, like, here, take this crystal. <laughs> Apparently, Lincoln had only gone to, like, two, and she held, like, a lot of them, like, it was the mm. socialite thing to do. But she held many seances because she wanted to talk to her sons that had passed. That's so sad. Which is really sad. Oh, my gosh. Um, she also said that she heard what she believed to be Andrew Jackson. Ew. And he swore a lot and he would, like, stomp around. And he had also been seen laying in what was his bed and he would let out a guttural laugh. <laughs> And then he would, like, disappear. Oh, my God. And, like, I hate him. his laugh had been heard since the 1860s. So you just hear, like, a guttural laugh every now and again, oh. which I hate. Okay. So speaking of Lincoln, he is the most commonly spotted ghost. Oh, wow. And for many, many years, many presidents, first ladies, guests, staff workers have seen him. He is the number one reported ghost. Before I get into the paranormal elements of Abe, I found some really fun facts that I just had to share and I didn't know where else to put them. Please share. He had a lot of pets. Really? He was a very big pet person. He (laughs) loved his pets. He had a lot of cats. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that he was a cat guy. He had a dog named Fido. Of course. He had two goats Mm. named Nanny and Nanko. That's cute. So cute. He also had rabbits, turkeys, and horses. A friend said that he would just fondle cats for hours. <laughs> and that's so freaking cute because he's this like gentle giant. Just yeah. like, like, could you imagine? He's like, I have to give this really important. Oh my God, a kitty. <laughs> he's like, you can sit on my cat. <laughs> oh, um, that's so cute. Or he would just, like, pluck them on the ground, like, when he saw them, and he would just talk to them for, like, an hour at a time. Like, so precious. I just, like, sir, I love that image in my head. And I don't know how to transition from that, so I'm just going to jump in. But anyway, I thought that was so cute. Um, So, before Lincoln died, he had a few dreams or visions about his death. (gasps) In one instance, shortly after he was elected, he was looking in a mirror and he saw a double image of his face in the mirror. One was of his real face and one was of a pale imitation. Oh my gosh. I cannot stand that. Oh my gosh. Because I hate mirrors and it's weird because you were talking about mirrors and it's like the same period. So I was like, oh my God. Um as we yeah, as as we all know, I I hate mirrors. They just creep me out. And yeah. as mentioned, Mary was very into the supernatural, and she was deeply troubled when he had told her. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean that's terrifying. But she said she could not see what he was seeing. She could not see like the double face, and she's like nothing's wrong with the mirror. So she said she thought this was a really bad sign, and. 
I don't know who came up with this theory. I don't remember if it was her or him. I feel like it was her looking into it, but she was like, I think that means you're going to complete your first term just fine, and then something's going to happen during your second one. Because it's like, okay, you see the one, and it's okay. Mm. I don't know. I don't like it. I can't believe, like, she lost three of her sons and then her husband. I can't. She was later, like, put into an institution or something. I read one article or several articles that it was thought that, like, by modern psychologists that she might have had, like, bipolar disorder. Mm, Interesting. And Abe was very, very – he had a very hard upbringing, too, and he was very openly emotional, which I Mm. really appreciate. Yeah. But um, apparently he would, like, go to one of his son's, like, crypts and he would just, like, openly cry for, like, hours. And, like, you do that. Like, you need oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I read – um I have this book that I haven't finished yet. It's called Lincoln in the Bardo mm. by George Saunders. And I don't know if this is true, but it says that he would, like, go and, like – this is kind of weird – like, hold his son's body in oh. the crypt. <laughs> like, a long time afterwards? I don't know about a long time, but okay. like okay, for a while. And okay, um, well, that's that's sad. If, it's if it's, it's true really or not, sad. it's it's sad. So the other dream that he had was he had a dream. He was he walked into the East Room and there was a group of mourners surrounded a corpse in a casket. And he couldn't see who it was because there were so many people around it. So he asked one of the guards what was going on. And the guard said to him that the president had been assassinated. (gasps) And then Abe woke up and he told his dream to his friend uh, named Ward Hill Lehman. And he said... Quote, the str- the dream strangely annoyed him. <laughs> like, I'm very annoyed by this dream. Okay. Ten days later, Lincoln was assassinated. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's he, so weird. I, ugh, it's I, like an omen yeah, of his death. I, I hate it. Wow. It's so creepy. That's like, so the mere weird. thing is creepy, but that is, like, the fact that he, like, saw it. Mm-hmm. In ten days before, like that's so that cre- horrible. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. So, as for sightings of Abe, so Grace Coolidge, who is the wife of President Calvin, said that she saw him looking out the window in the office with his hands behind his back, gazing out as if he was watching a battlefield. The room that she was in was her bedroom, but it had previously been Lincoln's office before the expansion and before the addition to the Oval Office. Outside of Lincoln's bedroom, there would be footsteps when no one was in the room. Creepy. In 1942, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was staying the night, and she heard knocking on her door. Oh, my gosh. And when she opened the door, she saw... She saw, she saw a full apparition of Lincoln with top hat and everything, and she fainted. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Lady Bird Johnson, her press secretary, Liz Carpenter, said that she always felt a strange presence or sudden coolness. And one time, Mrs. Johnson was watching a documentary about his death, 
Mm. And then she got the sudden urge to look at this plaque that was on the wall that she hadn't noticed before. And it was actually on the plaque about Abe Lincoln in his time that he spent in that room. And in that moment, she got a cold, like, unsettling feeling. And it turns out that was, like, Abe's office. So she was watching a documentary about Abe Lincoln's assassination in his old office. So she got, like, pulled to this plaque that was, like, talking about Abe Lincoln. So she thinks that was his way of being, like, I'm, like, she got very unsettled. Like, I can't imagine being a ghost and having someone be in my old room watching a documentary about how right. I died. I'd be like, That's so weird. Remember whose house you're in? Like, right. <laughs> so he still hangs out in his office. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure. Creepy. That's really creepy. Yeah. And then Eisenhower said he saw Lincoln walking down the hallway and then he realized it was him. Like after the fact, he was like, that was Abe Lincoln. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, can I get your autograph? <laughs> can we take a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a selfie. Eleanor Roosevelt's secretary said that she walked into the bedroom and Abe was sitting on the edge of the bed, putting on his boots as if he was in a hurry, and then she ran out screaming. Oh my gosh. Where was he going? <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. Gotta go talk to David. <laughs> we have a meeting. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> About his land. Um, Fala, who is Roosevelt's Scotch Terrier, would bark at nothing. And then Reagan's dog, Rex, would run around the house and he would go in any room except the Lincoln room. Wow. That was the only room in the whole house that he would, like, not go in, but he would, like, bark at the door, Mm -hmm. which I don't like because dogs are very sensitive. But then that makes me think, like, I feel like they would just do that for malicious ghosts, right? I don't know. Maybe any ghosts because they're kind of unnatural. That's true. Well, I don't know if they're unnatural. I don't think that's the right word, but, you know. It's supernatural, supernatural. yeah. Like paranormal. It's creepy. President Truman said he heard constant like rapid noises or like things move around when he was writing or like working on things. And then he wrote a letter to his wife, Bess, and it said, quote, I sit in this old house and work on foreign affairs, read reports, and work on speeches, all the while listening to the ghosts walking up and down the hallway and even right here in the study the floors pop and the drapes move back and forth i can just imagine old andy and teddy having an argument over franklin (laughs) eleanor roosevelt used lincoln's former bedroom as her study and she said that she felt a presence when she worked late in the evening or almost felt like someone was looking over her shoulder as if like looking Mm. at like oh what are you working on which Mm -hmm. i it's like could you not like (laughs) this is a secret oh my god (laughs) linda johnson who is i think johnson's daughter Mm -hmm. stayed in the room where willie lincoln had died the son and saw his apparition (gasps) a few times winston churchill stayed (sighs) and one night he was taking a bath smoking a cigar of course like come on i mean him and his cigar is like the same as lincoln his hat you know it's just like they're the same so he was taking a bath with his cigar, and he got out of the bathtub, and he was, like, completely naked, I guess, like, to air dry. <laughs> and he walks out of the bathroom into the main bedroom, and he saw Lincoln by the fireplace. Awkward. Super awkward. And they were just staring at each other for a minute. Mind you, it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> to which Churchill said, 
Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have met me at a disadvantage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And Lincoln looked at him for a minute, and then he, like, kind of smirked, and then he disappeared. Oh, my gosh. And... Apparently, it was not uncommon for Churchill to hang around in his room naked all day. Like, there were accounts okay. that he would just, like, do that. And then when people would bring him scotch, he'd be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> God. Weird so man. So weird. But that's... Amazing. These are the people running... Our countries. The countries. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I, that's interesting, though, because it, it paints, like... I always wonder, like, how intelligent the ghosts are, if it's, like, literally just, like, the person, like, yeah. walking around mm-hmm. or what, but, like, Lincoln having that reaction, like, makes me think, like, oh, like, it's, mm-hmm. like, he has a sense of humor kind of thing. Right, like, he, like, kind of, like, you know, that, I just yeah. imagine him being, like, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. like, disappearing. <laughs> like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna exit now. <laughs> 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 Seems like something I should step away from. Um. This is awkward. I was just trying to warm up, and I thought you'd be wearing a towel. <laughs> oh. mm. Okay. There was a staff worker who said that they saw Lincoln, like, sitting cross-legged, arms folded in a chair, and then he, like, disappeared when they made eye contact, and it was like, <laughs> could you imagine if he was, like, in thought, and he was like, oh, you're here, and then, like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Um, so beyond those listed that had already seen Lincoln. There has also been spotted reports by Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> Herbert Hoover, Eisenhower, um, First Ladies including Jackie Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson, children Susan Ford, and Maureen Reagan. So Maureen and her husband were staying the night, and her husband Dennis woke up and saw a man standing by the fireplace, and he woke up Maureen. And she didn't believe that there was someone there. So she looked up and she initially thought it was her father, but it wasn't. Mm. But what father would come into her daughter's bedroom with her husband? Like, right. In the middle And just, of the like, night. stand by the fire at night. Like, yeah. how is that the first? Like, oh, it's just my dad. Like, right. no. No? Please don't. Do they know, like, who it was? It was Lincoln. Oh, it was. Oh. <laughs> it was. Yeah. He's back. He's back. Other guests have reported that the lights in the Lincoln room will turn on and off by themselves or have, like, cold spots appear. Jefferson can be heard playing his violin in the yellow room. (laughs) And then there's a woman named Anne Surratt, and her mother, Mary, was hanged in 1865 because she had a role in Lincoln's assassination. Um, and she was actually, I think, the only woman to be killed by the government wow. in that way. Um, wow. Or at least, like, the federal government. Mm-hmm. But what happened was Anne went to the steps, and she was, like, pounding on the doors, like, begging to talk to the president and asking for her mom to be, like, let go. But she was hanged, like, wow. the next day. Um because she was a conspirator? Is that the right word? I think so. But on the anniversary of her mother's execution, apparently you can still see or hear, like, cries of oh. of Anne or hear her, like, pounding on the door, which is super That's so sad. sad. Um, John Tyler is in the blue room proposing to his second wife. I feel like I'm playing Clue. Like, it was John <laughs> Tyler <laughs> with the engagement ring and the... No. Um, All right. Well, at least it's a happy one. Right. Uh, of all things. In the early 1800s, uh, 
First Lady Dolly Madison planted the Rose Garden. Oh. And then 100 years later, First Lady Eileen Wilson wanted them removed. (gasps) And when the workers tried to do so, Dolly's ghost appeared and she's like, nah. And she scared them so much that they didn't. Laura and Jenna Bush, George W. Bush's daughters, were in their room one night and they said that out of nowhere they heard 1920s music like piano music coming from the fireplace as if like a party was going on which freaked them out and then a couple nights later they heard like opera music wow which is super creepy and then apparently michelle obama she revealed that both her and and mr obama what (laughs) (laughs) mr obama michelle and barack said that they had been woken up by loud noises coming from the hall they also heard weird or creepy sounds from the drawing hall or um like when they heard the noises they would go to investigate and there would be nothing there or like they would hear a sound and when they'd open the door there'd be silence afterwards and then also they felt like people were like gnawing at the ground or like at their feet oh my god which i really don't like i really don't like that so the last one for you is there is a ghost cat in the basement (gasps) it has been reported since the 1800s ghost cat (laughs) ghost cat at the time cats roamed around the grounds and because it helped with like rodents and stuff because you know the 1800s i don't know um, but there's an instance where in the basement you see the black cat and whenever you would get closer, it grew in size and it was actually a demon cat. Oh, okay. That's not good. Uh, so according to legend, the cat is seen before presidential elections or if there's any tragedies, um, allegedly it had been seen before the assassination of Abe oh, wow. or the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, it also had been seen before the stock market crash. Oh, wow. Or um, apparently what will happen is people will go many, many years with not an encounter in the demon cat, but if it does appear, it kind of serves as a warning before like a disaster. Oh. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, a regular house cat size, and then it will grow to be the size of a giant cat, and then it'll leap towards you. And when you think it's gonna like get you, it disappears. Oh, that's so creepy. I hate that. And I that's, don't like that. That's in the basement. Oh, but that is some presidential ghosts for you. Well, that was so interesting. Yeah, I have so many questions. I hope that like Lincoln showed up and scared the shit out of Trump. I. I want to know. So that's actually something that came up in one of the articles because it's like, oh, do you think whatever? And a lot of the articles, or at least one of them said, people probably don't often talk about it until after it's happened or like mm-hmm. time has passed because if you were to say it like actively, people would be like, what? I feel right. like he's the type of person that wouldn't admit it. Yeah. I feel like they they were all just like, I can just see all the portraits like, oh, God. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, this guy that... Come on. But yeah. Anyway. I wonder if Lincoln was like reunited with his family in death. I would like to think so. I think he is just 
very active when there's things going on because he had such a big influence and he was mm-hmm. such a good president that he just is like he shaped a lot and I feel like that was just like a, a good place for him I don't know yeah I would like to think so you know yeah. especially because his wife was so into it like spiritualism and he was close with his family so I would like to think so I think it just goes with like residual energy you kind of just go about your day but it's weird to me that Lincoln is such an intelligent ghost to your point. Like mm-hmm. there's – it's one thing if like you see something, but it's like to see like full body and so yeah. many accounts of it and such strong like wow. – You know, it's not just like you see it in a flash and then it's like gone. But oh. yeah, just like it's so weird. It's interesting. Especially like the Abigail Adams one. That's so weird because that's so yeah. old. That's so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the ghosts of the White House can, like, interact with each other. Oh, kind of like a night at the museum type of thing. Yeah. Like, when everyone's asleep, all the portraits pop out, and they're like, hey, yeah. guys. They're like, oh, yeah. Ugh, this. Well, that's why, what was the president that wrote the letter to his wife and was like, mm-hmm. I, I know that the, you know, Roosevelt is just talking about Franklin. Like, right. I, can, I could see that. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm. Obviously... Like, without a doubt, it's on. I've always wanted to go tour it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I've always wanted to do, and I've never been able to. But um, I did a long time ago. Yeah. But it's it, smaller than you think. That's the point I always thought, too. But when I was doing research on it, it's like 55,000 square feet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that includes, like, all the secret hallways and basements. and Yeah, there's two basements. Stuff. So, But still. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the rooms, at least, like, the dimensions of the rooms were smaller than I Yeah. I mean, that's what they did back then. They had more small, because they didn't have... Right. <laughs> I don't know. They had three dresses, you know, like... Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, Lincoln didn't die at the White House, right? He died... At the theater. Yeah, I think he died, like, across the street in a house. Anyway. Ew. Anyway, okay. Sad, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love history and stuff like that. I do, too. I, you know, we've been doing a lot of heavy stuff, so I figured, like, okay. Yeah. And, like, the ghosts of the, even of of the hotel and the White House, none of them, except for the demon cat, (laughs) seem, like, very malicious. They're just kind of, like, hanging out. Yeah. They're all just, like... You know, yeah. I like this place, so I'm gonna hang out. Yeah, but I'm not like trying to scare people. Except the little girl. I don't like that. I yeah. don't. I don't like the painting. No, I don't like that. And I don't like the mirror. Like the dreams he had. Ooh. Yeah. He, no, that's really ugh, weird. No. So weird. I hate mirrors. I just. Yeah. Or especially, could you imagine seeing a dream of your own funeral? Like that would be horrible. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway. I no, I thought it was interesting because it was kind of like comforting. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they're kind of. I feel like they're there to kind of guide and like, kind of like a guardian angel type thing. Like mm-hmm. none of them were super malicious or like. I don't know. They're all just like, "Hey, you're doing a good job, bud." Yeah. I don't know. Thank you all so much for listening to episode thirty-three. Thank you. We really appreciate you tuning in and sharing the airwaves with us every week. Join us next week for a Things You Wish You Learned in School episode. What will it be? U.S. history? European history? Conspiracies? Awful people? Anything. Anything. What's the meaning of life? Still figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Anyway, would you like to tell them where to find us? 
You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or send us your own topic suggestions or listener reports at theinsomniareport at gmail.com. We would also love to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toon. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. This is the Insomnia Report. Stay sleepy and spooky. Good night. Good night. Yeah. Yeah, salads.